All right, we're on the show now. We, it's okay. This is live TV. It's uh, me, Hugh, downtown Toronto, coming live. Lauren Ashman is uh, back on the show as my co-host, yes. uh, at least right Hello, now. Hello, Hugh. Hi, Laura. Great to see you again. Thanks for having me. Oh, I forgot to show you. Your painting's hanging in the hall. Oh, the one that I won at your oh, event. Oh, good. Thank you. So I'm going to show you after we uh, you. get finished here. But uh, we've got my, uh, Dr. Michael Irving uh, mm. joining us uh, on the show. And uh, yeah. great to see you again, Michael. Good, great to see you again. I, I was thinking, you know, one of the things I really liked about being here last time was the artwork, the paintings that you had on the wall. Uh, you had great well, paintings. In, yeah. But that's that's. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> we still have some paintings. I've got Laura's painting. Yeah, yeah I'll show got it Laura's to you painting. afterwards. Oh, yeah. Please, and, uh, please, please. And uh, but we we just kind of cleaned the place up a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Well, we might get some paintings. I love back. the new studio. It is great. Well, well, it's great to show it to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And great yeah. to have you here. And uh, now we're we're talking today about chronic pain, and you got this book coming out, right? Retrain your brain. And chronic pain. Right. That sounds like a great little rap lyric. It uh, is a great rap lyric. <laughs> it's uh, fascinating the idea that you can actually experience pain in your brain as yeah. opposed to an injury in the body, and that you can retrain that. That's what's so fascinating. Well, it's yeah, yeah. so funny that we were just our last guests, and who I guess you were speaking with yeah, in yeah, the waiting yeah, yeah. room. Yeah. Like there's a real synchronicity as usual. Uh, it's happening the around the globe. It really, yeah. you know, we're. We just finished the decade of the brain, and we're really realizing so much about how the brain. If if you the brain, if you were to practice piano all day long, yeah. After a year, you wouldn't have to be at the piano to hear the music. Your brain learns the music, and you'll be having coffee with someone, and your fingers will be playing the piano, even though you oh. don't have a piano there. So you train yourself to hear the music and to make the movements. That's how Beethoven was able to write those symphonies totally. after he went deaf. Totally. Mm -hmm. And the same thing happens with chronic pain. If you've got pain from an injury, your mind will think about, before you pick up the groceries, you'll actually feel some pain to protect yourself. It's a good response. Wait, wait, wait when? How? If you've got, if you've got, if you hurt your back, if yeah. you fell and you hurt your back. Right. Then for the next six months, you're in some real pain from the physical injury. Yeah. Every time you go to do something before you actually do it, your mind will remind you you've got a back injury. Don't lift those backs up. Oh, yeah. Okay. So 80% of people who have long-term chronic pain who see somebody across the cafeteria lift up a big crate of milk okay. will experience back pain themselves even though they haven't moved yeah. and they haven't lifted something up because their brain learned to have chronic to have pain to protect themselves the same way the piano player l learns to hear the music so for 30 years I worked with PTSD and we took people who had physical pain or we call it somatic pain from a, a traumatic incident and we developed the skills to heal that to recover from it to erase it 30 years ago PTSD was written up frequently as something that that a person had to live. They were gonna. It's a disease. They were gonna live with it the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. uh, they had to learn to accept it and to cope with it, to mm -hmm. manage it. Mm -hmm. Today, if you see good clinicians working with PTSD, they'll say, "We can help you get through this." You may have a like rough get time. over it. Like you, actually get over it. Get over to it. literally stop having flashbacks mm -hmm. and nightmares. Mm -hmm. So. 
currently, a lot of the medical literature calls chronic pain a disease, suggests that you have to learn, that, that it'll, you'll have it the rest of your life, and that you have to learn to live with it. But I got a job in a neuro rehab clinic, walked in the door, my tool bag was the PTSD skills that I'd been using for 30 years. And I walked in the clinic to work with the depression and the anxiety, and then the PTSD from people, they had the neuro injury because a ceiling fell on them or they had a car accident. Mm -hmm. Very quickly, the, the PTSD tools work to reverse or to end people's chronic pain. Sometimes I've had people who've had seven years of chronic pain and who, um, after a couple of weeks, the pain reduced, in a month it was completely gone. So this is taking the same set of tools that was effective with PTSD and, and applying, applying those, it to chronic pain. And, and adapting it to <clears throat> chronic pain. So if you picture your pain in, uh, getting smaller and smaller and further away, that's a visualization. If you, to look at a positive picture or think of a positive, something positive in, in life, 95% fewer brain cells fire in the brain centers of the brain. So, so that's why I say the, the year, we just finished the year of the decade of the brain, that the brain scan showed us that if you had a low back injury, a part of your brain associated with the low back was firing. Mm -hmm. Six months later, that area was not firing because the back wasn't injured, but the frontal cortex and those places of the brain that were holding this story of don't pick up the milk or it's gonna, you're gonna hurt yourself, they're firing. Okay. So now yeah. that helped us to understand that pain could truly be mind-based, that it could be brain-based. And so my first experience was seeing everybody change and then scratching my head and saying, why is this happening? And then around the same time, the, the brain scans with MRIs were showing these differences and, and gave a rationale, an explanation why the success was so great. Well, I, I'm, and Laura, jump in here anytime. Yes. But I'm thinking uh, a couple of things here. Yeah, First yeah, yeah, of yeah, all, please. Um, pain is a feedback mechanism for us. It, it actually helps us. Uh, to pain right. is good. If you've got an injury, it protects you from re-injuring. It gives you some time to heal. But when you learn pain, then that's negative neuroplasticity. It's right. negative learning. Okay. And so, so we do positive learning, which is how do you learn to see yourself? You got to change your mindset. If you're really pessimistic, you've got to change the mindset. Yeah. If you've got, if you're, if you're miserable, you're probably there's a difference between pain and suffering. So if you're suffering, you're probably regretting the past or dreading the future. Mm -hmm. Two ways, three ways to get out of, out of suffering. Change the stories, the regret and dread stories. Be in the present moment, because mm -hmm. regret is the past mm -hmm. and dread is the future. Mm -hmm. And um, be here now. Mm -hmm. So though that changes the suffering. If you take suffering out of physical pain, the, the body will heal. And if the pain is brain-based, that helps to heal it. The other is giving meaning. In World War I, it took about half the amount of morphine as it took in World War II to deal with an amputation or, or a an injury on the battlefield. There was more meaning to why the people were there. In Afghanistan, in Vietnam, what, it was taking... 
So the amount of painkillers that it took right. was half in World War One. Oh, yeah. It was like it took like four or six times more in Vietnam and ten times more in Afghanistan because when you have meaning to a uh, to an event, to an adversity, when you have meaning, there are areas of the brain that fire that that reduce the pain, that take the suffering away. But why was there so much more meaning? Uh, because say, people thought people thought in World War One that they were going to end all wars, and in World War Two they were scratching their head and saying. Well, we're kind of stuck here, but at least it's we're doing something. And in oh, Af and in Vietnam, there was no bloody meaning, and and the same way with Afghanistan. You know, so many guys that are there are saying, "What the heck am what I here?" Are we doing so here? they actually feel more pain. I, I had <laughs> I had an experience this spring. Uh, I was working on a garden for my daughter and putting up a garden fence, and I had an electric drill, and I shoved the drill into my finger really. It, very painfully. Ouch. I'm and, feeling that pain right and, now. The neuroplasticity. <laughs> and I said to myself, I'm doing, I really love doing things for my kids and my grandkids. I just love, it's one of the, my enjoyments in life. So I said, this here, I'm taking care of her garden. This is, and the pain vanished like that. Oh, yeah. It was so cool to experience because I've been training in this and I have all of the theories. But there was an example for me of how of how it worked, just like that. Okay. And, and may I jump in with, yeah, 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 with yeah, yeah. an experience that yeah, I, yeah. I, had I, I had an experience yeah, where yeah. Um, I thought I had cut my finger a number of years ago and I thought I had drawn blood on my index finger. Yeah. And in the moment that I realized it was strawberry jam <laughs> from my <laughs> breakfast, <laughs> I went from the meaning attached to, oh my gosh, I'm bleeding to, yeah, yeah. oh my goodness, this is just strawberry jam. Right. So it put me into a kind of a humorous, funny, uh, different meaning state yeah. about the strawberry jam. And then I exited from adding uh, pain to my finger into right. my being. I kind of caught myself before my brain sent the and message of pain. And have you used that with others? I have. I've shared yeah. that with children. Yeah. If, a, yeah. if a little kid falls down, I'll say, okay, quickly before your brain tells you to say ouchie and start crying, why don't you imagine you're being tickled? Or why don't you imagine seeing your favorite friend right now before you start expressing pain? And it worked with a toddler. So what we know is two things. We know is one is that when you think something positive, look at a positive picture or think a positive visualization going to the beach, you 95% fewer brain cells fire in the pain center. That's one. And the other is that it's meaning, that you, you have meaning now to the whole experience of what an injury and how you help other people. Everybody who's been through chronic pain and has had an injury, has faced an adversity, there's a lesson, an opportunity, there's a gift in it, and that is the meaning and purpose. And when you find that, then the chronic pain reduces. So that's the other mindset thing. And may and I jump in and ask like you a bit about you yeah. and your past, because oh, you are such an expert in the field of PSTD <laughs> yeah. and uh, anxiety, depression yeah, counseling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a PhD in psychology. But would you like to speak a little bit about what led you to wanting to help others? What was your sure. history all about? Um, I was badly abused uh, when I was younger. Um, everything from being badly beaten, uh, tied up, electric shocked, uh, just really, really used in, in the child sex trade. So there was a lot of brutal sadistic stuff that was done. So I had flashbacks of the feelings of ropes around my wrists or beatings to my face or different kinds of, you know, the, the electric shock flashbacks would just be like I was sticking my finger and then an electric 
unplug, even though that was 20, 30 years earlier. So I had to learn how to, skills to reduce that and to, to eradicate that. So when I was in my 30s, my wife and I, were, frequently we changed the sheets three times a night because I just sweat so much with the flashbacks and the nightmares. That hasn't happened for, for years now, for years and years. So one, I had to learn to fix my own self, and then, um, and then I just did a lot of training, a lot of workshops, you know, wearing two hats, one, <laughs> figuring out how to use this stuff for myself right. and getting really skilled at it. And then also with my clinical work, very often my internships and my work, I would get referrals to people from, from other therapists. They knew my story and they thought that I, I could help their, their clients that had been through a really, really tough time. So. That, and so those were the skills that I walked into the neuro rehab clinic with. I knew how to take somatic sensations and transform them. In, in PTSD field, we call it somatization of the pain. Um, so, but it's frequently not referred to as chronic pain. But the reality is, is somebody has PTSD, 90% of people with PTSD have physical pain you could call and they've got it every day well that's what, chronic pain is basically if you've had pain for six months nine months or longer and it floats around your body and that that uh, uh, emotional upset thoughts uh, different those different that's really chronic pain and and not only that it's mind-based chronic pain I'd like to jump in because yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of patients get so frustrated with their general practitioner or even their pain specialists who say, you know, I think this is all in your head. You know, this is, uh, what's that term, uh, the somatic term? It's Psychosomatic. Uh, yeah, yeah. Psychosomatic. Yeah, That's yeah. been used so yeah, 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 frequently. Yeah, yeah. And patients feel invalidated because, in fact, they do have pain and it is in their head, but it's being created through their brain into their body. And you have the bridge of how to solve what's going on in the head. So it doesn't give the pain message to the body. You're really right, and, and for the patient, for, for the client, it's this feeling of being invalidated and patronized and, and told that they're just faking it. But the reality is that the brain scans have changed that completely for us, because we actually see, in an MRI, we see the brain is firing when somebody says that they're feeling chronic pain. But if it's low back pain, it's not firing in the area associated with the back. Oh, it's it firing in the area associated with story making. So my, my, my thing is that you can't use surgery, you can't use pharmaceuticals, you can't use physical interventions to rewrite stories. They're very poor authors of new stories. Mm -hmm. And the person has to identify, release, and repattern their story. And so that's what the tools that so there's all of the, 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 the PTSD tools were really about helping people to rewrite the story. That's where when we talked about people, the meaning. You know, when you give a new story, what's the story? If it's a negative story, negative stories cause suffering mm -hmm. and contribute to pain. Positive stories lower the pain firing in the brain and also rewrite the old story of pain. Could you okay. say that this is self-hypnosis in a way? <laughs> yeah. there is, I say there isn't a sixth grade teacher who isn't a master at, self, at hypnosis with her classroom. You know, that's, 
Hypnosis is something that we all do. Yes, inherently. Uh, inherently. If you're a good artist, if you're a, if you're a good parent, you, you're able to get people into a, a relaxed state where you're vulnerable to suggestion. And a relaxed state where you're vulnerable to suggestion can be used in negative ways or it can be used in positive ways. But the deeper relaxed you are, the more vulnerable you are to suggestion. And you can do self-hypnosis or self-relaxation and self-suggestion. Is that part of your protocol with pain management? A absolutely. I, te I teach people how to use relaxation to go into a place where when they do a visualization, it actually embeds and it embeds deeply. Our other than conscious mind, is, and that's really what hypnosis gets at, or self-hypnosis gets at, our other than conscious mind. And 90% of our processing is done in the other than conscious mind. I mean, it's just, it's a well-known fact that the, and I, and I call it the other than conscious mind rather than the unconscious mind, because the last thing it is is unconscious. <laughs> it is, it is conscious. It's a different consciousness. And, and Michael, so, you did an amazing sculpture that was a tribute to um, the sad child abuse. What did you call your it, monument? The, the it's child the reaching abuse? out child abuse monument. I, I, I worked on one piece of art um, 70 to 90 hours a, a week for seven years on one piece of art. It's a miraculous piece of art. And it's in and your I driveway got, in It's Toronto. still in my driveway. I'm trying to donate it to someone. My, my next uh, offer is to the University of Toronto. I'm hoping to get them to accept it. And that was another case where it was really fascinating because I worked with survivors across Canada where I took a cast of their hand and then had them do artwork. And the, there are 340 quilt panels on the monument. And we filled about 300 of them, uh, and 40 of them were left plain because the top ones, we were gonna put the vitriol and the hate. But the reality is is that all of the squares that the people who've been through horrible stories, they were about altruism, compassion, wanting to be a witness or make a difference for other people. And that is, when you give meaning to your adversity, it's no longer suffering. You free it. And mm. it, you, you, you free it and you rewrite it. We mm -hmm. walk through an adversity saying, uh, you know, life is rotten and horrible. Or when you learn, you walk into a diversity, doesn't mean adversities aren't tough, but you say, okay, what is the lesson that I'm gonna learn? What's the opportunity? How am I gonna stay positive? And I'm gonna get through this. So that's, that's the mindset of resiliency. And I think the two issues with chronic pain um, actually there's three, is, is being positive and developing a positive mindset, identifying your suffering mindset and getting out of that, and then identifying resiliency and how are you going to be resilient. And though, that's changing the mindset, and then there's lots of mind-body tools that can help manage, and when you start using a mind-body tool, a visualization like you did with the jam, and your, your pain, when you start doing that, the brain learns, I can change the pain, and it spontaneously does that. So then that's the mind-body connection. And then the other is just some really good story writing tool. So I collected, uh, I've condensed some very effective story writing tools mm -hmm. where people use uh, a simple writing exercise. I mean, absolutely simple writing exercise every day for 20 minutes and it rewrites this the story uh chris are you there can 
you show the video that we have of Paul Toby. So Paul, I, I Paul was in in pain. I mean, I saw him in, in in training conferences, and he would have two stools and would walk from one and hobble to the other. He couldn't sit in one for very. If you've got chronic pain, you can't sit for long. You've got to move around. And so one day during the break, I said to Paul, "Look, I can fix this for you." And so I literally spent 10 minutes with him. I knew he was a disciplined person. I knew he was a positive person, a resilient person. But I also knew he had chronic pain. And I knew he needed to rewrite the story. So I gave him an exercise. He did it for 20 minutes a day. In two weeks, his pain was reducing. In one month, the pain was gone. And I saw him recently. Three years later, the pain has not returned. This is after having it every day for seven years. And so I developed these writing exercises Paul used that. I didn't have to do the mind stuff with him or the visualization because he knew those skills. But he didn't have the skills to, to identify, process, release, and repattern his story, mm -hmm. the chronic pain story. So, okay, so we got the video. So <coughs> oh, let's watch go. this and then we'll come back yeah, and we'll. Sure, uh, let's shoot. We'll, uh, this is Paul's story. Okay. This, this was a spontaneous interview. I was in an, an audience the next fall and he just. Did this just okay. spontaneously. Awesome. Here we go. Chronic pain is what? Never stops. Every day, every minute, every... And I had chronic pain for like three years. It was a horrible, horrible, horrible time in my life. I had hip. I saw like three surgeons, five doctors, three MRIs. I did standing x-rays, sitting x-rays. I did... They did bone scan. a nerve conduction test where they took needles this freaking long and they stuck them in my leg and they shocked me to see how well the whole thing was working. I was in freaking pain for three years. That man fixed it. Would you like to know how? It's not a physical exercise. Couldn't stand. How the hell are you supposed to do physical exercise? I just followed his instructions to the T. I did it every day, faithfully. It took 20 minutes a day. I didn't believe it would work, but guess what? I walked across Spain this summer, one month after doing that exercise. Back, Chris. We're good? Okay, I guess we're back. Yeah. Awesome. <clears throat> and so, at, after... Paul did that spontaneous uh, compliment to me while I was in a business audience. Uh, he and his wife, Nancy, said, like many of the pa patients that I was seeing at the neuro rehab clinic, you have to write this down. You have to, to share this with people. And it was really Paul's uh, and Nancy, his wife's passion, that led to the writing of this book. And the book's coming out this month. My website is chronicpaincenter.com. You can fill out, you can, I've got a, you can link to the, there's a picture of the book, you link to that and give me your address and I'll put you on the notice for when the book comes out. Okay. And this basically is what I, I did with Paul and what Paul said, this you need to share with other people. There are so many, there's, there's 100 million Ameri North Americans that are suffering with chronic pain. Well, and, and look at the prescription rates for uh, opioid oxy, all oh, oxycodone stuff. and all of that stuff. It's a, it's a huge problem, yeah. a huge addiction problem. So but I, I just want to ask you, though, because yeah. um, especially, well, first of all, obviously for something like phantom limb pain, 
going back to the war uh, examples, yeah, 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 right? Yeah, yeah. This is yeah. uh, this is the it's, prescription it's for brain, that, right? You know, that's part of the brain base. Is the the, the limb is gone and yet you're feeling pain in yeah. it? Where is that happening? It's, it's got to be happening. In the brain. It's in the brain. Yeah. So it's about eighty percent. About eighty percent of chronic pain is brain based or mind based. No, but I do have to ask yeah. you about uh, lower back pain, uh, which uh, I suffer from periodically. Um, because isn't it, um, I mean, it's one thing to say that it's all in the, in the head or that I'm reliving, it's a story, it, right? Yeah. But, uh, but, you know, sometimes a part of the body is going to get, uh, maybe suffer from some uh, long-term permanent yeah, damage yeah. that, that is, you know, like, is that a different scenario? Or is it, well, there's two that? parts, there's yeah. two parts of that. One is that, is that there are, there's injury or structure-based pain. And you can, the degree to which you suffer can be changed by your mindset and can be changed by what you do about it. If you've got a long-term injury, you can have the injury and that's part of the, your pain mm -hmm. and then you can develop mind-based pain. Mm -hmm. So then you have the mind-based component of the pain mm -hmm. as well as the physical injury base. Mm -hmm. So some things, you, there, there is an injury uh, yeah. If it comes and goes, if it migrates about the body, if thoughts change it, if emotion, if an upset, if you get a letter from Revenue Canada and your lower back pain is, is raised that night, well, guess what? Because they <laughs> do. They say that lower back pain is related to, uh, to financial issues. About 80% of people with low back pain have at least a degree, if not full-blown mind-based or brain-based wow. pain. Really? And and the thing is, is it's not going to hurt you to to rewrite the story. It it you'll at least reduce some of it, and you'll get control of it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's you know the you know as you're saying with the doctors, you know the whole side effects to to medicines and opioids and all of that can be really terrible. And um, and with trying to retrain your brain, at least you're going to learn different ways of being more positive in your life. You, if you can. If you can erase chronic pain, mm -hmm. other areas of your life will improve. And as you said with the doctors, um, every, to a person, almost every doctor that I'm speaking with these days, they, they, they tell me an example of, of some patients and they know what's in their head. But what they say to me is I haven't had anything that I can do about that. I know that it's, it's in their mind, but w what can I do? And, and it, and, now what we knew, know is that you can retrain the brain, you can retrain the story, you can change the attitudes and the beliefs, and then you can build a, a positive personality and you can learn mind-body tools, the mind-body connection that can, can, can change it. So, some of these skills, I mean, they're, they're, when, I, when you get a t filling, when you get tooth work, Part of the pain is, the, you know, the drill itself doesn't cause pain mm. when it's grinding on the tooth. But everybody is like freaking out. And so I literally went in and I got a root canal done and I used, as you're saying, the self-hypnosis, deep trance, and went to a positive picture on the beach and I used the mind-body connection. So I focused as much focus as I could on my toes and the feel of the sensations of the socks around my feet. 
and the shoes and all that. So I took my attention rather than the mouth down to my feet. I got a root canal with no anesthesia. Be, now, I'm not suggesting that someone should do that, but because I do this training with people all of the time, I've learned and I've learned to do it really well. And you don't need to, to do that. I mean, if it, it, unless you don't want all of the needle, you know, every time they stab the needle in another place, that's the pain that you're feeling. Well, yeah, four the needle is what hurts. Yeah. <laughs> so if you can have mind body tools, but there are other times if you're carrying a bag I, for to, to, at 65 years old, I ran five marathons in 12 weeks. Now, I was amazed when you told me that. <laughs> what, what got you to do that, and why did you need to do so many marathons? I, I, one is I just wanted to celebrate 65 and making it, you know, getting through heart surgery and a stroke and everything else. And, and, and then part of it is just I had the skills. You know, I've got these highly developed mm -hmm. skills for mind-body connection, for pain management. And I tell you, I use those in a marathon <laughs> for sure, you know. You also but, had a very special marathon that you did of gratitude. Can yeah. you talk about that a little bit? On my 65th birthday, I had had a heart attack about six years before. No, my heart attack was almost a decade previously. Uh, my open heart surgery was about six years before then. For To celebrate 65, I was so glad that I got there. Um, and uh, And so, I went around to literally 60 places in the city of Toronto on a 42-mile, 42-kilometer marathon, and I went by the hospitals and the health food stores and the gyms and the the the, the psychotherapist clinic. I went by everywhere, and I dropped off a card that was the Gratitude Day Marathon. So I was grateful to be alive and. I mean, that was one of the easiest marathons that I, I did because they were so filled with gratitude and I was so filled with meaning. And it was just, it was a fun, thrilling day. Now, marathon's a tough thing. You know, they, they say you're ready to run your next marathon when you forgot your last one. <laughs> and I think at 65, you know, a little bit of sonality, you know, was able to forget more quickly. You know? Michael, would you but, say that just indirectly without you even focusing on it, that gratitude itself is a pain manager. Totally. It, one thing is that altruism and compassion and doing something for others helps one to heal and be more healthy. It also helps to reduce pain. One of my really, really bad pain clients who's doing this, this program, uh, uh, a horrible motorcycle accident she was in. This week, she, or this past month, she's been up in, in North Bay helping out in a, in a nursing home mm -hmm. and she's this morning she just called me and i was i was putting my tie on and getting ready for here and trying to, to and i was listening to her story and she was talking about how much that looking after others was helping to to just make her pain disappear and you're you're really right you know it's the positive thinking it in and for for one of the, the, this whole decade of the brain is so exciting. If people look at pictures of somebody they love, they look at pictures of doing something good, mm -hmm. and the brain scans show that fewer cells up to, in some cases, up to 95% fewer brain cells are firing. And the other thing is that there's pain chemicals. Pain cells, you mean? The, yeah, pain cells. pain cells. Yeah, pain that, cells. Yeah, brain cells. You're good. That could Put be yourself out. trouble. That could <laughs> be trouble. All right. That even things like oxytocin, vesopressin, there's a whole bunch of brain chemicals and mm -hmm. proteins 
that are stimulated by positive thoughts, mm. by doing something for others, or even thinking about doing something for others. So they, as you say, compassion, altruism, makes one more relaxed. Mm -hmm. It also makes one feel less pain. And, it, and oddly, it makes the organs healthier. Now, people who do a lot of volunteer work live longer. There's, there's studies, and on that, studies on that. Studies on that have less disease. That's the mind-body connection, and that's really what what the whole thing with pain is. Can you use the mind-body connection to reduce it, to manage it? Mm -hmm. And if it's an injury-based, you can manage it significantly. Mm -hmm. Injury-based was getting a root canal and not having pain. You know, amazing. And um, and then and then. The other is if you've got an injury that you have to live with, like arthritis or something, having those mind-body tools mm -hmm. can help you not suffer so much. I've and also learned that you can't focus on two things simultaneously. As much as there's this <laughs> misnomer of we multitask, we never actually yeah. do things at the same time. We are sequentially quickly doing things one after another, yeah. and we call that multitasking yeah, in yeah. the same way. Yeah. See, we I, can't think of pain and think of a good story at the same absolutely. time. We have to flip to so one or the other. That's the difference between the pain and the suffering. I, 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 when I said there were three ways to get out of it, the one way is to change the story. What's the regret and dread? The other way is distraction. Mm. You can use distraction. To, if distraction gets you out of pain, then get focused on doing whatever. And if it's a positive distraction, so you're playing music or listening to something, the, the mind can only only absorb can only be focused on so much at one time mm -hmm. and so focus on something that's good and um and be in the present you know, the more you're in the present that part of the pain that's attached to regret and dread that part it, you're further away from it the further you're in the present can i share a very yeah, brief please, story please, with please. you yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. is in keeping yeah, yeah. with everything you've said yeah. Last week, I lost my great dog, Ito, oh, my yeah, Pomeranian yeah, 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 yeah. therapy dog yeah. to many, oh, 16 years of age. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was dreading, as it was approaching his later years, right. oh my gosh, how am I going to live without this beautiful yeah, 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 best yeah, friend? Yeah, 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 yeah. But what occurred was the gratitude of having had him mm -hmm. and looking at his pictures have brought me joy mm -hmm. as opposed to, oh, I don't want to see him because it's mm -hmm. going to bring back memories. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, actually yeah. celebrated him, and I haven't cried that much, yet mm -hmm. I don't think I'm in denial of his death. Yeah. I'm actually in the positive celebration, and I'm not feeling physical, mental, or emotional pain over yeah. it. Yeah. And I think friends think I'm in denial, yeah. but I'm actually in celebration. Yeah. Yeah. It's just... It's so, it's so true. When you walk into an adversity, first thing you've got to do is say to yourself, I'm going to get through this. And the other is, is how can I be positive and what is the purpose and meaning that I can find? What's the opportunities that I can find in this? And that's, that's, the, resilient, that's the model of resiliency. And there are some people that are resilient and there are people that aren't resilient, and what we know is you can be taught resiliency. And that's in the book, right? Yay. And that, and that's <laughs> right here. This Retrain book, your brain. This, this book to is, end chronic pain yeah. by Dr. Michael yeah, Irvin. Yeah. The book is amazing. It's been such a pleasure to do it because um, because as I, I'm working on, I'm getting to think back of all the people that I helped yeah. and all the people that is going to help. Yeah. And this book is has just been so warm and fulfilling to write. It has a lot of work to write a book. You know? So that's going to, I mean, this sounds like a good kind of book for everybody. I mean, Laura, you just described another kind of pain. Emotional pain. That oh. this book can help people get through. 
And uh, I'm even thinking of situations like maybe you're in a bad job, right? You can yeah. you can not suffer as yeah. much yeah. Uh, by yeah. just using some of the techniques in the book. Yeah, th this book is about retraining, not just for chronic pain, yeah. but for all issues of, as you say, emotional pain or, or adversity. How do you change your mindset? Yeah. How do you rewrite the story? And what are some mind-body tools? The mind-body tools in this for changing pain, you can use for getting over a cold or dealing with a chronic illness. Wow. You can also deal with it, getting over a, a, a loss, as, you, as you're saying, mm -hmm. a loss, or you know, having your the, the, your tree fall on your roof because of a of a of a. Maybe on your roof, but maybe not on your head. Well, not on your head. Yeah, you, one of the one of the early stories that really taught me about resilience. This goes back years. I'm watching this news story, maybe even pre CNN, and there's this woman in Malibu, and there's this hurricane, and it's absolutely smashing the coast. And there are these, you know, movie star mansions that are being washed in, and you know, typical Californian. You know, this guy's really excited and. The interviewer says to this guy, you know, why are you so excited? And he says, you know, that's my house there. He says, but look at those storms. And he says, this is the most greatest place in the world for me to live, but I've never been able to rebuild the house. I'm not going to leave here, and I can't rip the house down, but now I get to change my house. <laughs> so this was an adversity he knew he was going to get through. Now, I'm sure over the next two years there was going to be a record album or there was going to be some photos there was going to be some loss but there's also he's i'm going to get through it and what's the opportunity the opportunity is now i can build my dream home it's and that changed the experience it's part of uh, the process of reframing yep, it yep, and, yep. And, and just uh, getting and, over it so and i assure you that if you've got chronic pain the opportunity is that you're going to learn a whole lot about changing your mind if you fix your chronic pain and those skills can be used in other areas and that's the opportunity okay great so people can sign up right now to get uh, notified when the book is actually out it may be out if people are watching this it's <laughs> probably already out yeah. um so they go to the website uh, right michael uh, uh, chronicpaincenter.com and that's with an er at the end of center it, right? oh it can be canadian oh, or american either way yeah yeah we're inclusive so we don't yeah, even yeah, have to yeah, bring yeah, that yeah, up yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, chronicpaincenter.com and there's a picture of the book and people can click on that and sign up and sign right? up yeah 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 Great. And, and it's my pleasure I, I hope that when you read the book that i'm sitting there with you and that you're you can really look forward to some great things happening in your life awesome well great yeah, to have yeah, you yeah. back on the show uh, pleasure pleasure to be here i i I see the show that we did every now and then on the heart. Yeah. And I really like seeing you two guys. You oh. you guys work really well together. See Laura. And, and, it was a great and, interview, and wasn't the, it? But he's a terrific. And the hat man. is always there. I'm glad the hat is there today. Well, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, I've seen your sculpture in front of your house, oh. and it is awesome. And uh, and yeah, it should uh, it should be seen. It's it's mm -hmm. a very powerful uh, piece. So and people even see it on uh, yeah. on. Um, Google Earth. You know, we, we could do a, a, a show in the future, uh, maybe. Well, you're going to do a show of, you about, the, about the monument. Well, we could do, Let's do that. Plus, you mentioned you might do a show yourself. I'm so. gonna. Yeah, you. I. I got in. I've been thinking about it all spring, and today I got expired, and expired. I got inspired, and I'm looking at, at doing a regular. Um, 
Yeah. Show up with you guys out of the chronic pain zone, uh, you know, changing the story. That would be awesome. So we'll all work on that. We'll talk about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So thanks again. We're going to just... We're going to say that uh, don't go away because we got uh, Leah Morgan coming up uh, right after this. And then, oh, coming up later, we're, we're going cha- to get some John Lennon oh. channeled. Ooh. Channeled Lennon. Channeled John Lennon. Wow. Uh-huh. I'm going to ask him about the uh, Paul McCartney thing, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Wow. Okay, uh, we'll be right back. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. That channel. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> mm-hmm.